It's Monday, January 23rd, and this is Goodwill Talk Daily. Welcome back, everybody, to Goodwill Talk Daily. Great to be with you here. Pastor Marcos on the microphone, and I'm looking forward to having a conversation today about the holiness of God and also about what to do when God calls you to do a difficult thing. We're in the book of Isaiah during this study. We're going to be in Isaiah for quite a while. And uh, what we want to do over these next few days is consider the holiness of God, consider the power of God, but also consider our response to that power. And, and Isaiah gives us a personal example of that. Um, it's a little bit different in Isaiah today. We're going to get some personal narrative. It's been all prophecy up to this point, just chapter after chapter of prophecy. And we're going to head into another section of that in a couple of days. But first, we get this wonderful interlude where Isaiah is caught up into the throne room of God. It's, it's a powerful time. Let's read together the entirety of Isaiah 6. In the day that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, Lord? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will, be laid, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. It's a beautiful chapter. It describes a vision that Isaiah has in the beginning of his ministry. Um, chapters 1 through 5 really act as an introduction to the uh, prophecies of Isaiah. But this is chapter 1. Isaiah is called to be a prophet. And the call of Isaiah to be a prophet, it takes place in the very throne room of God. He has an ecstatic experience. He has a vision. He's lifted up into the throne room of God, and he sees God there being worshipped by seraphim and cherubim. This is the kind of language that will be used elsewhere in the Bible, particularly in the book of Revelation. Um, when you get to the book of Revelation, you see these same figures worshipping before the throne. You see them also appear in Ezekiel. Uh, this is a prophetic way of describing the throne room of God where worship takes place night and day, for he is God. He is worthy of worship. He is worthy of praise. And all of creation, 
is created for that purpose. You see, the angels who were created to worship God were not the only creatures made for that purpose. No, all of us are created to worship. That's our very reason for existence. He created humanity out of his good pleasure that we might return worship for his goodness. And so when Isaiah enters into this space, he sees God on the throne and he knows that nobody can see the holiness, the the thrice holy God, as R.C. Sproul used to say. Nobody can see the triune God in all of his holiness and live. And so he says, woe to me. Woe to me, for I am an unclean man living among a people of unclean lips. He knows his sin. You know, any time we come into the presence of God, our sins are exposed. It's like holding something up to the light and seeing the impurities shine through. Isaiah may have been a good man, but in the face of God's holiness, his goodness, oh, it, it quickly melts away. And all he can see is the imperfection. You know, when we encounter God, it's similar for us. We encounter his goodness, his holiness, his love. And we're seeing just how, we see just how bad we are. Just how how sinful and rebellious we are. How in need of cleansing we are. And, and, And that can push some people away. But what I want to encourage you with today is, no, lean forward. Lean forward into the presence of God's holiness because that holiness is part of what cleanses us. When we are exposed to the holy consuming fire of God, those impurities are burned away and we are made more and more into the image of Christ. This is what sanctification is. It's exposing ourselves regularly to the holiness of God in worship that we might be transformed, made more and more the way God wants us to be. Well, in addition to this, um, Isaiah is given a, uh, an assignment. He's told, he's told, I have a message for you, but your message isn't going to be heard and received. What bad news is that? Hey, I want you to go and I want you to go to the king and I want you to have a ministry of prophecy and your purpose is to harden the hearts of those around you. Oh, what, a, what an awful ministry. Imagine that. Imagine being told by your boss, hey, I want you to go do something that's actually going to be really frustrating because nobody's going to listen to you. I want you to keep doing it because it's the right thing to do, but nobody's going to listen. In fact, the more they refuse to listen, the more I will be justified in punishing them for their lack of listening. Well, that's all well and good, but it's not fun being the guy with the unpopular message, is it? But that's what Isaiah is called to do to do a really hard thing, so hard that he actually says, Lord, how long do you want me to do this? And God says, it's until I can, I can punish the people, discipline the people for their sins. It's until exile. You will do this until the sins of the people are so complete that exile is the just punishment. It, it's a difficult, difficult passage and it's a difficult assignment, but but think about this for a second. God will sometimes ask you to do something difficult, won't he? Maybe there's a really tough family member and God's pressing on your heart, hey, go love them and share the gospel with them. Maybe he's calling you to, to give more financially. Maybe he's calling you to spend more time serving in the church. Maybe he's calling you to move to another country and share the gospel. 
What is God calling you to do that you know in your heart of hearts you're being called to do, but it seems so outlandish, so difficult that you just keep putting it off? If you don't have anything like that on your heart, then I would ask you this. Have you come to the Lord and asked him what he wants you to do? Because you see, God gives us assignments that we are unable to fulfill on our own. It's impossible. We can't do this on our own. We need Christ. The life of faith is often a life of stepping into an assignment, stepping into something God has called us to do without the strength to do it on our own, that we might grow in our dependency on Christ and that his glory would shine through our obedience. And so if there's something pulling on you, you know you're supposed to do something, but it's frightening because it's so big, prayerfully, press on, start, see how God might bless your obedience. And if there's nothing weighing on your heart like that, ask the Lord, is there something you should be doing, something you should be seeing that would require you to depend on him to bring to completion? Come to the Lord, see how he might use you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the ministry of Isaiah. You gave him such a difficult assignment, and yet he didn't run away. No, his story is not like Jonah's story. He obeyed, even though the assignment you gave was incredibly difficult and at times deeply discouraging. God, he obeyed because he had a correct view of your holiness and splendor. And so, Lord, we pray that our obedience would flow out of a vision of you, that you would so inflame our hearts with love for you that we would be able to do whatever difficult thing you ask of us, that you would be glorified, that we would receive blessing. We thank you, Lord, for all that you call us to do for your help in the task. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. I'll see you again tomorrow right back here at Goodwill Talk Daily.